At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Death lineup is back after the Warriors lose to the uh, Denver Nuggets. The def- the two defending champions of the last two years faced off uh, in a game in Denver. Uh, Warriors came in at six and two. Denver was seven and one. Denver undefeated at home. The Warriors gave them everything that Denver could have possibly wanted. Uh, and at, let's go back to before this game started earlier today. We heard Draymond Green out for the game, personal reasons. I don't think, did they actually say what the personal reasons were? There's rumors out there, but uh, I didn't see anything official. And then, I don't know, about two hours before the game started, GP2 out for the game. So you have your two best defensive players out for this game against one of the best offensive teams in the entire NBA and I just figured that Nuggets were going to lay like 140 piece on us. Did you feel the same way? Did you think that this was kind of like, oh, this is going to be one of those games where Kerr kind of gives it away. Let's take advantage of the, the two-day rest and let's not burn people and, and they're just going to get blown out. I didn't, but then about three minutes into the first quarter, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. What did you think? Okay, so on the Den- on Denver side, they also were missing one of their best players, Jamal Murray. It looks like Jamal Murray is going to be out for most of this month too, which is Mm. unfortunate for them, but they have a really good backup in Reggie Jackson. And if you get the good Reggie Jackson, he's hitting clutch shots. He's making hard twos. If you get the bad Reggie Jackson, he's shooting a little bit too much and not running it through Jokic enough. I thought he, Mm. I thought there was a decent amount of both. He, he hits big shots. He, he can actually guard very well. But yeah, sometimes he shoots too much. And I'm just like, man, thank God he shot that one and, and not Jokic. So on the Denver side, they're missing their guy. We're missing two guys. And the starting lineup is announced. The starting lineup is Kevon Looney and, Dar- and Dario Saric in the same lineup at the same exact time. It, it made zero sense on offense. Now, I think I think I understand the strategy on defense and I wanted to run this by you to see what you thought. I believe the strategy was the second Jokic starts backing down, there's a, there's a timing aspect to Jokic, right? It's, I'm sure they're counting dribbles in a sense. So it's like dribble, dribble, dribble. How many dribbles until he actually usually makes a move? And when those dribbles came and when he was going to make a move, then you have the second big man come and double. I think that was the strategy. Uh, It worked in some instances. uh, The times that it didn't work, uh, he's the MVP. He was allowed to maul guys. Uh, He was allowed to run Looney over at at every possible opportunity that he's the MVP. That's, That's what the MVP gets. 
if Draymond was in this game, I think Jokic would have got called for a charge like two times. Draymond's yeah, Draymond's savvy. He's defensively savvy. Yeah, he would have he would have been able to time it. He would have also known when to attack. Uh, but that I believe that was the the sacrifice. And so what happens is is then you sacrifice the offense because now you have two guys and you expect uh, Sharch to space a little bit. His shot was not on tonight. It was not his. And, and some of that is because he's got to, you know, defend down low and, and Jokic is a load and he's helping. And in some cases he's defending. So I didn't expect him to just shoot lights out after having to do so much on the defensive end. But I do wish that they would have taken more opportunities with uh, with Kaminga for Wiggins. Wiggins did come alive in the third quarter. He had a couple dunks. He had a layup. Uh, the outside shot is deplorable. This guy gets ready to shoot, and I'm just like, you know, uh, people out on the perimeter, get ready to long rebound because this thing's hitting the back rim every time. Mm. So, but I thought Kaminga and Moody were kind of the X factors in this game. And it kind of plays into what you said, which is the starters, the starters were trash, absolute trash. Do you know what uh, Steph Curry's plus minus was? Was it minus 12? It was minus 10. Clay minus 13. Sharich minus 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, that's, that's not that, that's just kind of, a, it's not even an explanation necessarily, but they were bogging in themselves down offensively to try and, you know, just I, to try and defend Jokic. Now, do you think Jokic actually plays against the defense or do you think he just takes plays off when he thinks he needs to take a playoff. Cause I don't, I don't think it mattered essentially whether it was Looney and Sharich or Looney and Kaminga or uh, TJD uh, um, and uh, who was, who was playing power forward. I guess it was Kaminga too. When, when mm. uh, Jackson uh, Davis was there. So I, I like to me, I'm watching the game and I'm going like, okay, it really doesn't matter. Jokic is just going to sort of pick his spots and he's going to attack when he wants. And when he doesn't, he's going to try and get the other guys involved. So ultimately I don't think that Kerr's defensive lineup even mattered. I don't think it stopped him in any way. I don't think it made him pause in any way. I think it's just up to him what he wanted to do. <laughs> so and- you're saying, you're saying that the starting lineup, like, I feel like you kind of defended it a little bit by saying you saw what Kerr was thinking. With I understood the sending, strategy, but I don't think it worked. At, but yeah, you don't <laughs> think it worked. So yeah, I agree with you there. I think it was stupid. And then he thought he had the chance to correct it at the half and he just did it again. And he didn't. Didn't. Okay. But, so- I, but that's what I texted you guys in the beginning of the game was that the starters looked slow. They looked like unenthused. It looked like the crap. I even said the environment at uh, at the stadium. I don't know what the what the noise levels were like coming through the TV screen versus in arena, but it just sounded like quiet, like really quiet for such a packed arena. And it felt like the starters were just playing in, not into the quietness, but just were really muted themselves. And um, I, I, I sent you and, and Ben a text. It was like, send the young guys in there to run. Like yep. we just need guys to run and fly over the, all over the place right now. And then you need you know, the, the, you need energy and the bench players come in and they do what the bench has been doing almost every single game, which is, be a plus <laughs> like they just play really well so what we have is we have 
a Jonathan Kaminga and a Moses Moody who understand their roles so much better. There were moments where you could tell Kaminga was like, I really want to go at this guy. Mm -hmm. And he would kind of attack. And if it wasn't there, then he'd pull the ball back. And then he did actually, he brought the ball all the way down off of a rebound. CP's like has his hands out and Kaminga just kind of looks him off and, and just goes at him. And, and he took a shot and he missed. And, and he was like, okay, that's it. That That's my, my time. But they are, they understand the offense. They understand their role. They can sort of, see where the the matchups go in their favor and when to attack and when not to attack. Honestly, now I, I, I was going to save this for later, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this. This, the, this is uh what, what did we call it? Uh, last our, the last time we did the post game show uh, because like small sample size thoughts or whatever we called it. Right. So nine games in, if you just switched out Moses Moody for Clay Thompson, oh no, <laughs> uh, I think def- I think defensively, the team is just tremendously better on the per- especially on the perimeter. You know Moses Moody has like Slater had the stat today. Uh, Moses Moody had has twelve steals in hundred and fifty five minutes. So that's like. You know, if he was playing 30 minutes a game, that's like five games. And it's, it's like over two steals a game if he was playing high, high minute volume. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, he doesn't have the same gravity that Clay does. Clay still attracts guys. Clay's still hitting shots. Clay doesn't have a lot of, of that fiery energy right now. I, I, I sort of see him being a little mopey like he was last year. Like you could tell he's frustrated. I'm noticing it too. It, it's like the body language on the, like we're almost getting ready for another Suns, like one Suns matchup and, and Clay's going to, you know, go into these, this, like he's going to get ejected. Like, it just seems like that's coming at some point, but they're not losing like they were that last year. So, uh, our buddy, uh, your buddy, I guess he's. He, he, I'm too. I'm too. I'm. I'm the dad side, so I. I can't call him my buddy. Obina. Uh, was he the? Was he set talking about Clay's lift? Because he had mentioned Clay's lift on his jumper. Now Clay's not a not a huge jumper. He was talking about his legs, right? Like, yeah. Did the legs? I, so I, was he, I think watching. he's right. He's short every single time. He's short, except when he has a chance to kind of sit there in the pocket. And just catch and shoot. If he's got to do any sort of creation whatsoever, it's it's very short. Uh, but yeah, the legs, they're they're I, I don't know if they're ever gonna be there. And may he just may have to sort of figure out how to deal with the, this version of himself. But I, you know, Moses Moody, I would have I wanted to see Moody and Kaminga with Curry, CP, and uh and and Looney. I wanted to see that lineup because what you get is you get Steph and CP with Kaminga, you have more size, more length than you have with Wiggins. And then in Moody, you're going to have better perimeter defense than Clay. Now, if you're playing against Bigs, then you probably want Clay instead of Moody just to guard down low. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Moody, he's hitting the three. He's just in the right place. He's getting steals. Even on the, the last uh, three seconds of this game, the Warriors had a shot because uh, Jokic missed some free throws. Steph goes right down the pipe, and I I think he thought Jokic was going to come out on him, and Jokic kind of baited him into throwing up a higher layup than he wanted, and it it was off target. Moody almost knocked that ball 
off of uh, I, it may have been off of Jokic, and he almost kept it alive. Mm-hmm. And so it's just those kind of things where you're like, okay, this kid, he has the energy. He's fighting. Kaminga is skying for rebounds just because he can jump higher than everybody. And I think they need that because you you can see it in Wiggins and Clay's face. They're just so dejected. There, there's a moment, and Steph did this too, which was unfortunate, but he missed a three. And then Jokic goes, Jokic leaks out. And Steph is supposed to be there to uh, guard for the cherry pick. Steph misses the three. I don't know. If, I don't know what he did because he was just out of the picture. But I'm assuming he was just mad that he missed, and so he kind of did whatever. And Jokic almost got a layup, and they had to foul him uh, before. Oh, he and got Wiggs there. fouled him. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's just the dejectedness of these guys, and you can just see it. And that thus is why I wanted to see Kaminga and Moody have a shot. Because if there was a game to where you could play off, if Kerr is playing the rhythms of the players, he could be like, okay, JK Moody, you guys are hot today. Uh, we're, we're going with you. Cause mm-hmm. you see, you see clay on the bench. He's not happy when he's not in the game, right? Like yeah. he knew that, Oh man, you know, these guys are in, this is when I should be in and I'm not in. And I don't know what Wiggins is thinking. He's, he kind of has the same, disposition no matter what but i really wanted to see coming in moody tonight i wanted to see them get a chance to run at the end because also they just have the fresher legs they have more energy they're not playing 35 minutes a game yeah and i just wanted to see it so i don't that's, know maybe, maybe, maybe that's where, do something yeah that's where i'm kind of giving this 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 team the benefit of the doubt with this game is how many teams have played you know, are coming off of how many road road games in a row, like, or how many road games to start the season too? like what seven of nine road games to start the season. Like they're, they, they kind of look out there that they're ready to go home. You know, they're, they're not re- They're, they're done being on the road for a while. So I think that's a little bit of the benefit that benefit of the doubt that I'll give them. But what was, um, I've been behind admittedly, I have been behind on warriors games. So I had to catch up today. And yesterday, mm-hmm. yesterday I finished, Cleveland the Cleveland game and then today I finished the Pistons game and I actually think it was kind of good practice like leading up to this podcast because I have a fresher mind yeah of how those games went down and I wanted to like I I wanted not that I wanted something to go a specific way so I could bring it up (laughs) but I noticed in the Cleveland game Cleveland's one of the best defenses in the league they were number one last year they seem to have the same defense and and some this year the second unit is what lost them the game against Cleveland. Like they went down big in the second unit, which has been, you know, abnormal of what the second unit's been able to do. They've been able to, you know, keep leads or sometimes even get the lead. Um, and then I forget, I, for, I kind of forget with Detroit, whether it was the second unit or the first unit, but what I wanted to bring up was, and it kind of avoids it after how well they played this game. But I was going to say that I feel like that offense that they play in the second unit where he's kind of just the main primary ball or playmaker. And he's really like getting everyone involved. And it's there's no like established secondary score, which is weird to watch in a unit because you look at every single other team that has this tandem of two high scoring guys. They, then they just split them in the lineups like one's just always in the lineup and one's when that player's not in the other one's in, you know, like with Darius Garland and Mitchell. It's like they're always just kind of um, staggered. You, you look at that with a lot of people with ours, like it's just. CP comes in to replace Jordan Poole, who was the secondary creator, who yeah. was the secondary scorer. So CP almost needs to 
replicate that, but he's not. And then even in the win against OKC, where he was like, I'm glad I can we can win if I only have to score two points. I was like, oh, see, no, I, I don't think I don't think that we can allow that like much longer um, because it's just I feel like that offense, that style of play where it's like everyone's, you know, it's like a by committee second second score almost and it's it was what the detriment was in the lakers series was no one but steph can get yeah. a bucket and i kind of just feel like i was seeing that a little bit uh in the games leading up to this one i know this is a post game on the denver one but i noticed that like that offense that cp runs with those second guys it's like you know the jimmy butler and the uh the third the third reserves against yeah. the timberwolves making yeah, yeah, a comeback yeah. against the starters that story it kind of just feels like that underdog every time they go in together and they just end up have winning the lineup the the um, the minutes but i feel like what i feel like is that like, I think they need to pull Clay early from the starting lineup and put Moody in and then put him early with CP's lineup. Because here, mm-hmm. I have this. I don't think this is accounting for this game, but what I did is I did two person lineups and I filtered by plus minus. And funny enough, <laughs> Brandon Pajemski's in the first three of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sharich and Pajemski are plus 11. Chris Paul and Pajemski are plus nine. Wiggins and Pajemski are plus six. Now these are lower minutes than the rest yeah, of yeah. them. But CP and Clay, um, maybe I should go to, I'm at per game. So maybe, you know, and let, let's, let's filter this. Let's go to totals. But Clay and CP were top five in that. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So, okay. So Clay and CP are, if I filter to totals, because I was on per game. And as we know, Pajemski not playing 15 minutes per game, but it was right. just one game he did. And then, you know, messes with it. So Clay, Chris Paul and Clay Thompson have played seven games together. They've logged 110 minutes in the lineups they've played together. And they are a plus. 39 <laughs> i no, think I, I, and what does this do clay does not have to search for his shot when mm-hmm. cp is in the game because cp is going to find him that's the difference and with steph and draymond and with draymond draymond will find clay too but when he is the secondary guy for steph the first option is always steph hunting, 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 hunting. Yeah. And then sometimes Clay gets the ball with less than, you know, six or seven seconds on the shot clock, and then he's got to go try and find it. And that is not his game. The fact that you made that is, uh, see, tells me that we're kind of seeing the same things because I saw exactly the same thing in the Cleveland game and the Detroit game. There is nobody who they go to for a bucket. Not only is it, you know, nobody that that is like, sort of saying this is my role like they're not trying to put anybody in that role it's like you said it's just sort of whoever they're trying to run the offense and then whatever the best shot is the best shot so it's good uh, high school basketball <laughs> i want to go to the uh, the youtube comments because greg dayton uh thank you for checking us out greg dayton greg dayton had the same comment mm. as you were talking so i didn't want to interrupt you but greg the three of us were sort of thinking the same thing so Here's my solution. I think they need to tell Kuminga he needs to be way more aggressive. They need to run plays for him. They need to get him in mismatches so that he can go attack. Because the other thing that he does, he gets to the free throw line. And not everybody gets to the free throw line on this team. So I think that should I think that should be his role on that secondary team. And with 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 Clay, with to your point. You put Clay as the spacer, so you got to you got to watch for Clay. 
you think Clay is going to be the main guy. Clay has never mm-hmm. been great as the number one guy. When you know, e- even in the seasons when they were good, you weren't always comfortable with with Clay and not Steph. You were very comfortable with Clay and Steph because Steph would draw and then Clay would be open. In this scenario, CP you have CP looking for Clay, and then you have Kaminga attacking somewhere else on the other side of the floor. I think that should be the way that they go about it. And yeah. We've seen some glimpses of it, right? We've seen Kaminga able to get to his mid range, and his mid range is money right now. He's not even really shooting. I would love ball. to know the advanced analytics of like what is Jonathan Kaminga's field goal percentage in that free throw range? Like it's got to be like damn near one hundred percent. Like I haven't yeah. seen him. I think he missed one he missed today, but it was one. kind of he missed one in. Yeah, it, was like uh, fade. it was like a really. It was a tough fate. I think but... it was the Cleveland game when they were trying to come back. He like, he, do you remember in the OKC when they were running the whoever was running the um, they're running the zone against the Warriors and it was the Kaminga Thunder. Was, okay, that's the it game. Was the that's the game where he. Missed I'm pretty the, sure it was maybe. the Thunder where they ran the zone and then Kaminga just kept flashing in the middle and they were just like, "Wow, this is working every single time." J.K. gets it, one pivot, boom, shot up. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's almost like you know, it's not like this secondary like. You don't have like Paul George in the second unit to create his own shot and be this great spot up shooter. You have like a, a mix of that with CP being able to be this elite playmaker and then Clay just being able to come off the ball and and CP can find shots for him. It's like two players in one, but I, I trust the two player version. So um, I'm with you. I think that Clay needs more minutes in that second unit, but I think he still needs to start. I think you could still start him. And, yeah. You know, do what they always do when Clay with Clay is get him the first couple of early shots and then pull him for Moody and then, you know, just then throw him back in there with, with the, the CP, with the CP JK shards lineup. What's so special about hero bread, soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. And you know why I wonder if the reason why they don't do it that way is because because of his injuries, it's almost like he gets in a lather and he's got to play to get loose. And then if you kind of pull him out, then it gets cold again. But maybe you just put him on the bike. Remember how they used to have him always riding the bike when he would come out of the games last year? Maybe that is part of this is, okay, he's... We're going to pull him out early. He's going to go ride the bike for you know a little while, and then he's going to yeah. come back in. <laughs> exactly. But that's, but that's part of the – I think that's part of the reason why they probably don't do it that way. Um, but, yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. So there's another comment from uh, HR. Uh, HR say – you know, he's a little bit down on Wiggins. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen Andrew Wiggins play big in the playoffs. I do not think Andrew Wiggins is soft. I actually think Andrew Wiggins – is one of those guys who the game, because he's such a great athlete, the game can come very easy to him sometimes. But when he's struggling and it's not coming easy to him, that easiness to his personality kind of fights against him a little bit. Because I, you know, you you can't what you want to see from Andrew Wiggins is you want to see him get mad <laughs> like he 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 took he took it out on the rim i think today on on the the backdoor cut for the dunk but i, I just i want to see the guy get mad i know it's not his personality it probably he's probably not comfortable with that but man let that frustration out dude because you know the, he's just struggling so poorly with the outside shot 
us. But I, I understand w- what HR is saying. It's just Andrew. He does. He he looks like he doesn't care, and we know he cares because we we mm. saw him in the finals against the Boston Celtics play probably the best basketball of his career. So we know it's there. I think he's fighting emotions. He's fighting frustration. Some of this stuff is not coming as easy to him as it. He probably believes it should. And he probably feels like he's, he's letting these guys down a little bit. He knows that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's the, you know, the expectation is high, especially with this fan base. He signed the long-term contract. So you're like, gosh, you know, I gotta, I, I gotta make sure that I'm And here. Here's another thing. Uh, Kawakami had a Q&A today. And one of the questions was, is do you think that they'll trade Wiggins and try and get Siakam? And Kawakami was like, it's just bad form to to ask a guy to take a pay cut. And then know, trade him. It's, it's a fair contract. It's not like they, it's an unfair contract in any way. You know, they added, probably added a year extra than they wanted. And then he cut his salary back a little bit. But it's just it's just bad faith to to trade that guy in, in that scenario. Yeah. But if you're Andrew Wiggins, and you're like, man, Jordan Poole signed a four year deal for over hundred million dollars, they shipped him out really quickly. Like, what does that mean for me? I hope there is somebody saying, dude, don't like this is that that is a whole different thing. Like, you, you know, you just get get back to be being comfortable playing ball. Um, but yeah, so lucky so, for him, there's really no one out there that could potentially be available that would make sense with the team. Siakam can't really shoot threes. You get a downgrade there regardless. You know, if it's Jeremy Grant, that guy's assigned to a five-year max contract that no one wants on their books. Like he's kind of in a good spot for that. But what I will say is that Wiggins has been frustrating me too. And it's like just be, you know, the shot's not falling. But I feel like in previous games, not only was the shot not falling, but he wasn't playing good defense and he wasn't hustling. Tonight, I feel like I don't know if it's the nature of just the ESPN game, but he was flying all over the place at the end of the game. Yeah, and I yeah. was kind of okay. The motor was, was of, back. The motor was, motor totally was back by the end of the game. He might have been missing shots, but it's like, okay, what else can I do? I'm not making a shot. How else can I contribute? And that's the mindset I think you want with everyone if they're not making a shot. And he did embody that. I thought that like my favorite stretch of the game was when they got like they got Jokic kind of in their little high screen and then short roll dunker spot, like where Steph high, uh, dishes it to Looney. Looney's brings Jokic to him, and then now you have the guys, whether it's Kaminga or Wiggins, come flying from the quarters yeah. corners for alley oop dunks, yeah. and they did it in damn near back to back plays. One with Wiggs on a dunk, one with J.K. on a dunk, and I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And they tried so, it with Steph, and and they they stole the ball. Yeah, you know, I I do want to you know this stuff about the referees and. The, the calls they were kind of bad, but the, the thing call, is, the calls the a little bit towards Denver for sure. But Denver is the one creating the contact. The Warriors are the ones flailing a lot of times when that happens. They're they're going to lean towards the team creating the contact. Yeah. There was the play where Steph was goaltended by Aaron Gordon. They didn't call it, and, and I almost the other I almost wonder if someone should have just quickly fouled. Can't because then can't you can you review that? I I. I I wonder if you could if the, they could have reviewed it immediately if they just fouled the bat in the backcourt or something. The one that I was annoyed with was Looney gets called for a soft foul on Jokic. Mm-hmm. And I think the referee maybe felt bad, so he wanted to not call the next foul. It was then Trace Jackson Davis fouled Jokic, and the ref didn't blow his whistle. And I was like, ah, that was probably a foul. And so the ref who didn't blow his whistle because he I think he might have 
done it as a favor for messing up the foul beforehand. A different referee <laughs> blows the whistle super late, like way late. I think the other referee was probably like, dude, no, this was too egregious, like to not call. But I, that's that's one where I was like, you just double F us right there. But well, then there was the base, the play on the baseline where I think it, was, it might have been Gordon again, where he just lost the ball out of bounds. I don't, it, may, it may not have been Gordon, but Looney was right there. They thought Looney stripped it out of his hands, but Looney didn't even touch it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't go to the review there either to figure out what the play was. I, I think the Warriors may have had to, uh, Steve Kerr may have had to ask for it. But yeah, you know, there were calls that could have gone the Warriors way and probably did make a difference in the outcome of the game. But the one thing that I will take away from this game is two things. A, there was a playoff intensity to the ninth game of the NBA season between these two teams. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. You know, there, there's there been a lot of blowouts. Like you're watching the Rockets blowing out the Kings and blowing out the Lakers. So there's already teams just like dogging it because, you know, one of their players is injured. These two teams. The Rockets might have gotten a little better from when we saw them. Too. Oh, sure. But they shouldn't blow out the Lakers by 40 points. Like, With, that's, yeah, probably that's not. not. That's crazy. But what it shows is that the Warriors have two of their rotation guys out one of their starters. The Nuggets have their second best player. He's out. And they played team basketball. They played good basketball. That that bodes well for dealing with this stuff in the future if it does happen. Now, we don't want to see guys out. And obviously, if it's Steph and if it's Jokic being out, then you, know, you can't replace those guys. So they would definitely take a hit. But I thought it boded well for both teams to go like, yeah, like, Look at the depth on our team. Like, we can handle this. Anthony Davis goes out, and the Lakers lose by 40? Like, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren Fox is out, and the Kings all of a sudden can't win Look a basketball like the game. the worst team in the league. That's ridiculous. They have talent. So I don't know what's going on there. But yeah. I thought that that bodo off the Warriors and the Nuggets. The other thing I wanted to say, I think teams are going to attack the Nuggets like the Warriors attacked them at their best tonight. And, and again, I think they could have even done a better job if they went away from that too big lineup. And, you know, I, I want to hear Kerr's reasoning for it. I'm sure somebody asked him about it and, and we'll hear because uh, we we recorded about 10 minutes after the game was over. So I but the way that they attack this basketball team, this is the fundamental way that the Warriors won their championships. Now, some may say the KD thing. Yeah, you were, they were able to play a little taller with KD. But you go back to the first championship, they go small, and they force the Nuggets to do some things that maybe they don't want to do. And you just go, okay, Jokic is going to dribble, dribble, dribble. He's going to turn. He's going to score. Fine. We'll deal with that. We're going to hit a three on the other end. So mm-hmm. he's going to dribble, 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 turn, score. Fine. We're going to hit a three on the other end. That's how they are going to beat the Denver Nuggets, right? And and they're going to uh their their defensive I, I I don't even want to say talent or athleticism. I just want to say like knowledge and cohesion and trust between the players is is a is a high level when it comes down to late in the game. Now some may say, well then why against Detroit they they look like a terrible defense. Well some of these games that they almost play like they don't care, or they almost play like you know Killian Hayes. The Warriors treated Killian Hayes 
like the saying open for a reason. <laughs> this, mm-hmm. I just leave this guy open every single time and he made him pay. Uh, and, and I, and I think that their bet is, is that he won't always be able to do that. But in a game, they knew this was a big game. They got up for the big game defensively. I thought they were excellent, uh, in the matchup, and no one's going to stop Jokic. The, the Tim Kawakami again in his Q and A today. The first three questions were about why the Warriors don't go and get a big, and his answer was, "Have you ever watched this team play before? When you put a big in, it actually screws up Steph. Like the fat, the way that Steph works is he has people around him who can play make." And he and the Warriors themselves, you know, need shooters and scores to open the floor. And so, and so, so you know, people like oh, Dwight Howard or, you know, who, whoever the, the big of choices. We talked about Rob Williams and now Rob Williams, I guess, is having knee surgery. It's like out for the year. <laughs> so but 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 the, the reason why I said Rob Williams is because we know that he's a defensive monster when oh, in, in, in spurts. Yeah. Right. Blocking yeah. shots and changing shots, you can get away with that. Also, because of his athleticism, he's a lot. He's a lob catcher. You can you can play. I think they could play with that in spurts. But at the end of games, he's coming out on offensive positions in in a close game. You know, Agreed. like this. So he's he's not going to be the solvent. The only the only way that you would the Warriors would probably play with a five is if they had either uh, Sabonis. Or Jokic, I wasn't even Sabonis, probably. So can I can I explain myself for a second? It's literally Embiid, right? Yeah. Go ahead. I was so I remember we had a conversation on my other podcast. Me and Obi were talking, and I was like, I think at the time Sabonis and and Miles Turner were still together. Obi wanted Dwight, man. Obi wanted Dwight. Uh, Miles Turner's uh, another good one, though. By the way, but so I was like, yeah, Miles Turner makes more sense for this team. He's a shot blocker. He's a three point shooter. And Obi said that Sabonis makes more sense for this team. And I forgot his explanation. But now that I've thought about it more, and Sabonis likes to run, and Sabonis likes to pat. Like I feel like the guys that have done well in the Warriors are. Yeah, defensive guys. Obviously, we need defense, but also just bigs who have a really good passing instinct. Bogut, you know, Draymond, you know, Looney's pretty solid in that end. But imagine having like obviously like Jokic, right? I mean, you know, bad defender, but insane passer. That that was kind of you know we don't have to get into that, but I think just passing bigs, I think will always just do well on this team. But the the other thing is, you're subbing out Looney in that in that moment, right? So Looney, um, Looney actually only had eight rebounds. I thought he had more than eight rebounds, but Kevon Looney, four of four shooting, uh, two of three from the free throw line, eight rebounds, four assists. Uh, he was a minus six. Um, so, but he was the biggest plus on the, out of the starters. But he was. I thought he was the best out of the starters. I thought so for too. Sure. And and so those too. four assists, like you said, were big. You know, he was playing the Draymond spot. He was, and, and you know the worry that's when it with felt like we had a chance to win it. The worry with him is that you know he just can't catch the ball all the time, and um, when he does that, you know when he when he can catch the ball and when he's steady, he can make those plays. By the way, your your grandpa has a comment. The defense they played on Curry, he looked tired. His points were down, that, and that was their goal, right? They doubled him at every single opportunity. And 
it was smart. I thought I thought I thought the way that they played Curry and the way that the Warriors attacked the Nuggets, other teams are watching and, and taking notes. But this is this is how Sacramento attacks Curry the same as well. You you use the you know the long guards with the long arms. Aaron Gordon was guarding Curry a lot. He wasn't even paying attention to anything else, though Fitz was like Gordon is face guarding him and he's not even looking at the basketball. And right as he said that, Gordon's looking directly at the basketball. I was like, oh, bad timing fits. Um, I, I can't believe you watched the Fitz broadcast. Uh, well, when I record it on Hulu, it just automatically picks the the Bay Area mm-hmm. ones. I, I can't figure out how to get it to the ESPN ones because I start it late. So mm-hmm. that was the one that that recorded, but oh well. Yeah, Fitz, uh, you know, I... I know Fitz. I don't like Fitz as a play-by-play guy, but I've just gotten so <laughs> used to Fitz. But yeah. you know who has? You know who I like a lot better this season is uh, Kalena. I like him a lot better than the previous two seasons. I don't know if it's just I'm more used to him. His chemistry with with Fitz is is solid. He's not, but he's also not doing that stuff anymore to try and get on uh, Twitter. You know, making those goofy sayings and and stuff. The F one stuff. Yeah, he's more. He's just more relaxed. <laughs> he's not trying so hard. Anymore, so I think yeah. I think that's why I like him a lot too. No, but the, uh, what about? It's a great, it's a great point because Curry did not have a good game. They defended him very well tonight. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have a. And again, I think I don't want to completely give them all the pass for this. But again, seven of nine games on the road. Like they're tired. They want to go home. I get it from that sense. Now when now when they're home, you better kick some ass. But I want to see them like blow out like a good team and. Um, feel like they haven't totally done that yet. I guess uh, the Pelicans, but again, the Pelicans are missing like half their team. Um, but I think what JJ was mentioning in our chat, he was kind of saying like, am I being biased or like, why is Steph not getting the ball here down the stretch? And I agreed with him. There was a point where when they kept going at Jokic, they, they had Jokic on Looney. And when they were doing the Steph screen with, with uh, Looney that made Jokic on Steph. So to yep. combat that, the Nuggets put, Jokic for a few possessions on Chris Paul and the Warriors then combated that and said, okay, we're just going to have a CP bring the ball up because that means you have to guard the ball directly after that. After the Warriors did that one time, they moved Jokic right. I mean, right back on the Looney and the Warriors didn't transition back to going, okay, Steph and Looney pick a roll. They said, okay, CP with the ball in his hand for two more crucial possessions where CP just hucked up a shot. And it's like, I still feel like they really need to figure out that. And again, we're only nine games into the season with this completely new dimension of the offense. But I would like CP to like really make a mental note like, hey, I'm by far not the best player on this team who needs to have the ball in my in their hands for the last couple possessions here. And he, I don't think he should be putting up grenade shots that, you know, I think I think Steph really does need to, you know, maybe they just seem to have a conversation like CP's like, yo, I just need you to like command the ball. And Steph's like, I, I need you to find me. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but. I need to see Steph it, with it's the ball a play in his call. hand more. It's a, it's a play call from the bench is what it is. It's yes, literally I Kerr. I, I think literally the Kerr option. Saying, Kerr just needs to say, Steph pick and roll. Like, that's all he needs to say. Oh, and, oh you're and, saying and to fix it. this, it would be a bench call. Yeah. I thought you be, were saying this Kerr is for, a bench call. No, no, no. Okay. Kerr from the sidelines, seeing what you guys saw, because I didn't even pay really pay attention to that art, mm-hmm. to see what you and Jay saw, he needs to see that, and his his staff needs to see that, and then they need to make that call. And I'm sure in the I'm sure if Draymond was in the game, Draymond would have probably made that call because he would have saw the same thing. Yeah, and or, or then him and 
Chris would have gotten a screaming match. But the game. <laughs> I told you, I, I, I mentioned this to you when Chris was signed. And I said, late in the game, this dude is going to have the basketball. He does not like sitting in the corner. That is, he hates sitting in the corner and he's going to have the basketball. So they are going to have to figure that out. Maybe it is taking him out late. Now, would he like that? Probably not. Uh, he, you know, occur is it's, it's funny right in the, right when he comes into the game, you know, there's that stat. Oh, uh, you know, how many assists and no assist turnovers. turnovers or whatever. And I was, I had, uh, I had the twins with me. We were at the sports bar and uh, Felix looks at that stat. The next possession, he throws it to the other team. <laughs> He's like, I was like, yeah, that's, that's called the broadcaster jinx. Yeah. Um, but so, I did yeah. also by also watching a couple games back now, like in a row before this game, he had a couple saved that just like Moody is like diving out for and Kaminga is just diving out for to not let him get that turnover. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, you know, the, the, the stat he has is great. But I think going just quickly going back to the Moody thing where you were talking about his steals. Mm-hmm. I know it was earlier in the pod, but I forgot to mention it. Not only his steals, but Moody has such a good just instinct for where the ball is going to be. And not only yeah. steals, but the deflections like him just like just putting his hands up there and getting a hand on the ball and like stopping what would have been a corner three or what would have been, you know, a cut to the lane from the offensive player. Like, I think that's also like, like that man, that guy really needs to find like a really like, I think he needs, he needs to play one more with the starters. And I feel like Kerr's been, you know, flirting with a couple of these lineups where it's all the starters, but no Looney and Kaminga instead, or all the starters, but no Looney and Moody instead. Like, I think he's been trying those and then he has to, you know, then put in CP, but, I think we need to start seeing that a little more because Moody literally plays defense like I play in 2K and it's like unrealistic. Like I'm surprised <laughs> that he's allowed to do this with he's tracking the down alarm. the passing lane. It's the, it's like he's like a passing lane god. Like he knows exactly where all this stuff's going to be and he puts his hands up at the right time. I've been really like admiring watching him play off ball defense. He He's a patient guy. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Out of all of the people that the Warriors played, now this is kind of amazing in of itself. Without Draymond, they played 10 guys. Yeah, they Corey, just put pods in the GP spot. Corey Joseph, who was brought over to be the third point guard, third, third ball handler, mm-hmm. zero minutes. Brandon Pajemski, 11 minutes tonight. And he was, was pretty blessed. good. He was, was he a plus? pretty good. He was a plus eight. <clears throat> I thought he was pretty good. Like he didn't, he doesn't do anything eye-opening, right? All of his, all of his stuff. Well, did you, did you see the full court pass? That, like, that, that was, was Jokic-esque. That was good. That was Jokic-esque. <laughs> uh, but Moses Moody only played two and a half more minutes than he did tonight. Moses Moody. See, that sounds wrong. That's, this <laughs> that is should... what I'm pointing, this is what I'm trying to point out. Yeah. Moses Moody, four of seven shooting, two of three from three. Three rebounds, one assist, one steal, 10 points, and plus six. So 10 points in 13 minutes. I wonder, I wonder why he didn't get more minutes tonight. Because every every minute he was in the game, it seemed to be positive for the Warriors. And this is so unrelated, but I remember like four or five years ago in fantasy football, I was just a waiver wire hunter and I'd try to find that running back who's finally going to become RB1 and then it just makes my team all that much better. And I remember Matthew Barry was just on this hype of just free Aaron Jones is what he was telling the, <laughs> the, the Green that, that was his, guy. They're telling the Green yeah, the pack before Aaron Jones became RB1. He was just like <laughs> Aaron Jones is getting like doghouse, like 
push to the, you know, he was still in, as a running back too. Finally, they free him and they move him to RB1 like halfway through the season. And he just goes and has, you know, a monstrous career and is like a top running back almost most years in fantasy since then. I'm, I'm feeling I'm, it's unrelated, but I'm feeling that way with Moody and Kaminga. Like, how can you continue to contain this ball of energy that just wants to go out and play and run and like, you know, like, I, th- I just think I, I I'm surprised that 13 minutes is what you had this guy stop at when I, I he needs he needed to be tw- in there 20 minutes tonight I thought and maybe if he is m- m- you know maybe maybe they do win the game but it, and, you know Matthew Barry also who he was on very early was Cooper Cup and you know what he used to call him my little Cooper Cup. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cooper Cup became like the fantasy beast like a couple years later. Um <laughs> uh, all right. So uh yeah, this was a good game. I I'm I was so happy that they came back cuz this this had all the the makings of them getting boat raced, but they made some changes. Their their young guys played. You, you know, Trace is getting some pretty interesting minutes. Like the Bigs and the Warriors offense, they don't really trust these guys, you know, uh, I, I've called Trace like a smarter, more fundamental Jordan Bell. Like that's kind of what he reminds me of. Probably a little less athletic. Less athletic, but more savvy around the basket. Yeah, he's totally, got yeah. he's got moves. I, I'm so surprised that he's being trusted in these positions, and he's 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 a smart I basketball. Think he's player. had a bad game yet. No, like, I don't you think, think so. of, like I don't think he's had a bad game yet. So I'm almost wondering, like I keep saying that I feel like the Sharch and him think should be situational and Sharch and like, like today I just thought he was, if Sharch is to me, if he's not hitting the three ball, like he becomes a little less effective in my, from what I've seen, like he's smart with the way he plays the two man with Chris, like that's effective, but you know, I, it's kind of a lot for his shot. And if his shot's not going, yeah. and then we're giving... if, if he's hitting threes, he can play. And if he's not, yeah. then you may want to move on. And it feels very him. streaky. It's, it doesn't feel like it's like one of three from three from him. It feels like it's like either four of four or oh four, you know, like. So I, I'll I'll give this quote because I, I, I think Kerr kind of gave the, the reality check uh, of the night, which is, um. You know, the start seven of nine on the road, he said, we looked at it and said, we got to get through that stretch. We did more than that. We're six and three, five and two on the road. And I think some of that flatness to Clay's shot, some of that flatness to Sharich's shot had has to do with it. Is this you or Steve? No, I I, 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 I believe that. Okay. Steve Steve (laughs) just said, you know, that they did much better on this this uh, this first stretch, and now they have eight of ten coming at home. Yeah. So if they win eight of the next ten, then that's meaningful. But if they go five and five at home, then maybe it's not as it's not as big of a deal, and it's yeah. uh, unfortunate. But um, yeah. So the next, uh, what's the rest of their schedule like this week? Ooh, I'll look it up here right now. So the Warriors play, uh, it looks like Timberwolves, I think, are next. Wow. They have been hot. Timberwolves on. No, no, no. I, I apologize. Thank Cavs Thank again. God. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Cavs and Timberwolves back to back. Oh, man. <laughs> Both at home, though, right? Okay, but watching how they played uh, the length uh, of the front court in in Denver gives me some some thoughts about how they now because they've already played the Cavs once. 
They'll play them again on Saturday. The Cavs have ton of length. Evan Mobley, uh, it looks like he's still growing. And then you got Gobert. Is is Towns playing right now? Towns is playing. He's just bad. That's okay. why I haven't heard of him. All right. So the, so you have two more opportunities to attack these bigger teams, and because that's going to be the story of the season, right? It's not. It's not that can the Warriors beat Dallas or beat Sacramento or beat the Thunder. I think they will be favorable against those teams. It's really, can they beat the Lakers who are long? Can they beat the Nuggets who are long? And yeah. and ha- facing the Cavs, getting them uh, a second time in two weeks, and then the Timberwolves, who they've had pretty good success against, though I think they lost a game last year. That the last the last won. game we played against them was the one I went to, and yeah. they lost. And, and so, but this is another test of how their style. Hopefully, you get Draymond back. Hopefully, you get GP two back, and and then you can go at it. So, I'm really interested in these next two games because just I'm scared. The Timberwolves won, man. They they've literally beaten. They took the Denver's undefeated streak, and then they went ahead and took Boston's undefeated streak. And so Boston lost sure again today. Boston did lose to the Philly, yeah. And then um, Timberwolves beat the Pelicans today. But, man, like I feel like they're all just kind of – everyone on the Timberwolves besides Cat is like playing at their best right now. And you have Jaden McDaniels, the guard Steph, and then Rudy Gobert in the paint is just – this is a little, they, they, cover, they cover some ends defensively. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really – Try to hurt his feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. He's going to keep reminding him how he's the last pick in the all-star game and or he didn't make stuff. it and cried. Yeah, didn't make it and cried. All that stuff is coming out. Rudy, get just, Rudy's got to get ready. If upper lip this weekend, because Draymond's yeah. coming at him. You need to say a lot of positive words in the mirror before that game, Rudy. <laughs> good enough, smart enough, and gosh darn handsome will like me. <laughs> Okay, good game. They didn't win. Uh, I don't know. We're we're kind of bad luck on these post gamers here. We're zero and two on the post game, so we got we're gonna have to pick another game to do this. But we'll be back uh, next. Th- uh, actually, they play next Thursday. So, do you want to come back after Thunder Warriors Thursday night? Yes, with pencil. Okay, so let, pencil. let's let's write that one in pencil. I know because you have a you have a busy weekend coming up, so we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right. So for Brian, I'm Double G. See you when we see you. Peace out.